This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about bladder stones and urinary obstruction in dogs. So if you happen to have a small dog like a Bichon Frise, Miniature Schnauzer, Lhasa Apta, Shih Tzu, Yorkshire Terrier, or more, you definitely want to tune in. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, I'm going to be talking about something called UO, urinary obstruction in dogs. Now, this isn't very common. I've talked about this extensively when it comes to feline urethral obstruction. Cats get feline urethral obstruction much more commonly than dogs. But if you have a dog, you have to be aware because this is definitely something that I can see, just not to the same severity as I do in cats. Now, urinary obstruction is just a fancy way of saying that your dog is blocked or your cat. And it means there's a life-threatening obstruction where your dog can't urinate. Now, with the urinary obstruction, the urethra, which is a tube from the bladder to the external urethral orifice, is obstructed by something. So usually it's obstructed by a stone. Fancy medical term for this, just so you know, is called cystic calculi. So that usually means a stone in the bladder. Sometimes a urinary obstruction can happen from abnormal tissue or blood cuts too or even cancer, but most of the time it's from stones. Because of the narrow diameter of this tube, the urethra, small urinary stones can obstruct it, resulting in a urinary blockage and the inability to urinate. Now, I will say and disclose, I have the world's smallest bladder. I have to use the toilet every four hours. If you notice that your dog is straining to urinate or making multiple attempts to urinate, you have to pay attention. You can imagine if you couldn't urinate for 24 hours or 36 hours, how painful it would be and torturous and how much anxiety your pet must go through. That's why we want to pick up on the sign sooner than later if your pet is blocked. And the reason why is because it's really painful. What's even worse is untreated, a urinary obstruction can result in toxic kidney poisons building up in the bloodstream. Now, the fancy word for this is called a post 
renal obstruction or azotemia. Azotemia is when there's an elevation in the kidney poisons that a dog or cat should urinate out. These are usually measured on a blood test with two main values called creatinine and BUN. These two waste products should be urinated out. They shouldn't build up in the bloodstream. And if for some reason your pet can't urinate or your pet has underlying kidney injury, it causes these two blood values to build up. It can actually cause severe electrolyte and salt abnormalities too, because your body should normally pee out a lot of potassium. Keep in mind that without prompt medical attention, these salt abnormalities and kidney values can result in severe life-threatening problems. It can also result in cardiac arrhythmias due to abnormal electrolytes. It can result in bladder rupture from not being able to urinate. And sometimes it can be fatal. So while I've talked about this in cats before, and please check out that Pet Life Radio ER Vet episode on that, I wanted to focus more on dogs. Cats and signs are more subtle because they use the litter box and they usually don't use the litter box in front of you. Well, as a dog owner, you better be picking this up more frequently. I have a special message for those of you guys who have a fenced in backyard like me. It's really hard to pick up on signs of urinary obstruction if you have a fenced in yard and you're not observing your dog. If you're just opening the door and letting your dog go outside to urinate, you might miss some of the signs of straining or continued posturing. You might not see that there's bloody urine coming out. So you really want to observe your pet really frequently, even when it comes to their toilet litter habits. Now, dogs are going to display their signs more obviously, again, unless you have a fenced in yard. And that's because most of the time we're walking our dogs outside to urinate so we can monitor and regulate their urination more. Now, I already mentioned a couple of breeds that are predisposed to some of these medical problems. The biggest breeds that I see presenting to the ER vet with urinary obstructions or bladder stones include the number one breed, the miniature Schnauzer. I'm also going to say Bichon Frises, Lhasa Apsas, Shih Tzus, Yorkshire Terriers, Cocker Spaniels, Miniature Poodles, Dalmatians, English Bulldogs, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, and a host of all other dogs, like mixed-breed dogs can get this too. I've also seen this in some pit bulls. So again, while any breed can get a urinary obstruction, please know that if you have one of these smaller breeds, you really want to pay attention. Now, urinary obstruction is more common in male dogs than female dogs. 73 to 85% of the time in veterinary research studies, urinary obstruction is seen more in male dogs. Why? Well, male dogs have a narrower diameter of their urethra. It's much smaller than a female, resulting in more of a problem. That makes it more likely for these little bladder stones to get stuck in the narrow diameter of the urethra. If female dogs have problems with urinary stones or bladder stones, most of the time they're often able to urinate them out without any problem. That said, depending on the size of the stone, we can still see life-threatening complications in females too. All right, so let's get to the important part. What are signs of a urinary obstruction in dogs? Well, most of the time, it's going to be increased urgency to go outside to urinate. So if you just let your dog outside into the fenced-in yard, they come in 10 minutes later, they want to go out again. Another 10 minutes later, they want to go out again. Some people automatically think, oh, my dog just has a urinary tract infection. Please use a leash and walk your dog outside so you can monitor to see if urine's coming out. If your dog is attempting to urinate and very little urine's coming out, or if they're acting constipated, if they're acting painful when they're urinating, if you notice bloody urine or small drops of urine coming out, if there's a reduced stream size when they're urinating, 
if your dog's acting painful, like they cry out when you pick them up, or they have a distended stomach, or they're constantly licking down there, if they're vomiting or not eating, if they're lethargic or whining or crying, or if they haven't urinated for more than 12 to 18 hours, you have to get to a veterinarian or an ER vet. Again, a lot of these signs of a urinary obstruction are really similar to signs of a urinary tract infection. So it's really difficult as a pet owner to be able to differentiate the two. With a urinary obstruction, as an ER vet, I want to address that immediately. In other words, I need to place a urinary catheter under sedation or general anesthesia to help flush the stones back into the bladder. Urinary tract infections, while they show similar signs, they're not life-threatening, but they still need to be treated. Now, to be on the safe side, if you notice any of these signs, it does warrant an immediate trip to your veterinarian or the ER vet, even if it's in the middle of the night, because we really need to do a physical exam to palpate the bladder to see if it's a life-threatening obstruction versus a more benign UTI. Again, if no urine is coming out at all for an extended period of time, you do want to get to an emergency vet right away. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet and Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about urinary obstruction or UO in dogs. Now, again, in a previous episode of ER Vet, I've talked about how common this is in cats and how it can be life-threatening in cats too. We're just going to focus on dogs today. And we've talked about certain breeds of dogs being more predisposed to bladder stones and urinary obstructions. Breeds like miniature schnauzers, Bichon Frises, or anything small. Now, keep in mind there are some breeds like Dalmatians that have a genetic abnormality that causes certain types of crystals to form in the bladder, urate crystals. These can develop into urate stones. And if your Dalmatian has this problem, the good thing is there's a prescription diet called UD for urate diet that can help prevent this problem from reoccurring. We've also talked about the signs of a urinary obstruction. So while these signs often look like and mimic a urinary tract infection, remember a urinary obstruction is life-threatening. Your dog can develop severe kidney failure from this. That's different from a urinary tract infection, which is more benign. When in doubt, to be on the safe side, you always want to get to a veterinarian or an ER vet. All right, so what am I going to do as an ER vet once you come into the veterinary clinic? 
Now, the diagnosis of a urinary obstruction is typically based on thorough physical examination. In other words, I'm going to do a full physical examination, but I'm also going to focus to see if there's a large firm bladder when I palpate your dog's abdomen. Other signs I'm going to look for include signs of dehydration, panting more from pain, a racing heart rate, which is typically due to pain and electrolyte abnormalities. Sometimes I'll see a life-threateningly slow heart rate from severe salt abnormalities from the potassium building up in the bloodstream. I may notice some blood staining around the exterior parts of the urinary tract. And in some cases, I may notice any kind of abnormality or inflammation of the urethra. In severe life-threatening situations, some dogs will present seizuring or comatose, or rarely they can die from this without treatment. Now, I want to do a couple of tests once you get to the veterinarian. Some of the tests I want to do include baseline blood work. I've talked about this in a previous episode of ER Vet on what we're checking when we do blood work in the veterinary clinic. The main blood work I want to do is something called the CBC and chemistry. A CBC or complete blood count is going to look specifically at the red blood cell count, the platelet count, the white blood cell count. I want to see if your dog has an underlying infection. I want to see if your dog has appropriate platelets to make sure they're not bleeding into the bladder from low platelets. The most important test I'm going to do is actually the biochemistry or chemistry test. This is a test that specifically looks at the salt balance, the kidney function, again, those two important kidney waste products, creatinine and BUN. I'm also going to look at the protein levels and the liver values or liver enzymes in your pet. I'm also going to want to do a few other diagnostics. Now, depending on the situation, I'm going to get a urinalysis sample in order to look for the presence of a secondary urinary tract infection or evidence of crystals. I'm also going to do a urine culture to test to see if there is an infection. I oftentimes want to do an abdominal x-ray to look for the presence of bladder stones. Sometimes I'll do advanced diagnostics like an abdominal ultrasound or even a special dye study. That's when we're injecting dye through the urethra to highlight and see if there's certain types of stones. Keep in mind, not all stones show up on x-ray. There's something called radiodense stones versus radiolucent stones. Radiolucent stones like urate stones don't show up well on x-ray. Only certain types do. Calcium oxalate, because it has calcium in it, shows up really well on x-ray. So sometimes we'll have to do advanced diagnostics depending on what the underlying problem is. I'll oftentimes do a blood pressure and put your dog on a heart monitor too, just in case I'm worried about those life-threatening cardiac abnormalities from having a really high potassium from being blocked. Now, there are a couple other tests your vet may need to do. Sometimes we'll see prostate problems or abnormal tissue development. We'll see abnormal fibrosis or even cancer that may cause a secondary urinary obstruction. In other words, if abnormal tissue is pushing on that tube that connects the bladder to the exterior part of the body. Ultimately, if your dog does have a urinary obstruction, I do need to treat them immediately to relieve that urinary obstruction. This includes passage of a sterile urinary catheter under heavy sedation or general anesthesia. Now, sometimes it's really hard to unblock dogs. And the main reason why is because they actually have a bone called the os penis located within the penis. This results in a narrowing in the urethra where a lot of stones like to get stuck. So 
What I try to do is I'll use a lot of lubrication, a sterile urinary catheter, and I'll try to flush these stones back into the bladder so then we can surgically remove them through a surgical procedure called a cystotomy. That's when we go through the abdominal body wall and actually remove the stones directly out of the bladder. This is much less invasive for your pet and it heals really well. Once I've relieved the urinary obstruction, once I've pushed those stones back into the bladder, once we've taken your dog to surgery to remove the bladder stones, we have to analyze the stones specifically. I want to give a huge shout out to University of Minnesota's Urolith Laboratory. Urolith is just a fancy word for stone. And University of Minnesota's Urolith Lab at the veterinary school is really famous. They've analyzed over a million stones. So this is the number one place where the bladder stones need to be analyzed to find out what the stones are made of. Why is this important? Because bladder stones can be dissolved with certain prescription diets, or they can help prevent further stones from forming. This is really important because I don't want your dog to have to go through multiple surgeries in their lifetime to get rid of some of these stones through surgery. Now, I will say I see a lot of mistakes when owners buy these prescription foods in order to dissolve stones. The first one is you have to make sure you're not giving anything orally besides the prescription food. You can't give random treats or dog raw hides or any over-the-counter dog bones like milk bones or anything like that. And the main reason why is that negates the effects of the prescription diet. So I know it sounds really hard, but please be aware you can only feed that prescription medication. Now, a once a month heartworm medication, a once a month flea and tick medication going through the mouth, not a big deal. I know you want to make treats for your dog. When in doubt, talk to your veterinarian because a lot of these actually come with canned food of which then you can bake specific dog treats with that canned food. All right. So we've sedated your dog. We've unblock them with a sterile urinary catheter. We've pushed those stones back into the bladder. We've talked to you about surgery. We've talked to you about prescription diets. A few other things that we want to do, pain medication and IV fluids while your dog's in the hospital. This is super, super painful. And anyone who's ever had kidney stones before can attest to that. We also want to use IV fluids because we want to flush out the bladder. We want to flush out the kidneys. We want to make sure to get the BUN and the creatinine. Again, those two toxins that your pet should be urinating out out of the bloodstream by using aggressive fluid therapy. Last thing we want to do, if your dog has surgery to remove the stones from the bladder, they should always have x-rays done immediately after surgery while they're anesthetized to make sure every single stone was removed. That's going to include x-rays of the urethra. That's going to include x-rays of the tip of the penis also. So you might have to make sure that your vet has done a series of two to four to six to eight x-rays just to make sure all those stones were removed. Otherwise, we usually take them immediately back to surgery to get those extra stones out. The good thing is the prognosis for urinary obstruction in dogs is generally fair to good as long as we can treat them and as long as we can prevent redevelopment of urinary obstruction. Pet owners have to be aware that there is a risk of reoccurrence. And if medical management like dietary changes or medications to change the pH of the urine fail, then we may need to do multiple surgeries. Now, there are a few rare places that do lithotripsy, University of Minnesota being one of them. And that's when the stones are broken up by shock waves, minimizing their need for surgery. But this isn't quite as common. When in doubt, be aware that a urinary obstruction in a dog can be a life-threatening emergency. The sooner you identify it, 
the sooner your vet can treat it, and the less dangerous it is going to be to your dog. Plus, it's going to be less expensive to you. I wanted to leave you with a few last tips on how to avoid a urinary obstruction to begin with. Well, first of all, you want to treat urinary tract infections immediately. If you don't notice that your dog's peeing small amounts of blood, keep in mind that certain stones develop secondary to untreated urinary tract infections. Second, before you change your pet's diet to a random diet, talk to your veterinarian first. We really only want to change a diet to a prescription diet that changes the pH of your dog's urine if your dog was diagnosed with cystic calculi or crystals. Third tip, you want to increase water intake to help dilute out crystal formation. So making sure that you always use a fresh water bowl, refilling the water every couple of days, washing up the bowl at least once or twice a week. If your dog is predisposed to crystals or stones, you want to talk to your veterinarian about starting medications that can affect your dog's pH. This is one of the reasons why I don't always start grass saver medications or cranberry supplements without talking to your vet first, because that can change the pH inappropriately and actually worsen crystals or stones. When in doubt, make sure to keep track of your dog's toilet habits. I know it's not glorious. I know it doesn't sound like the most fun thing to do, but it can be really important to keeping your dog healthy and happy. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at Dr. Justine Lee on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. You can also check out my veterinary school for everyone caring for dogs and cats on the great courses or Wondrium too. With that, we're out of time and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making the show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.